Arthur Brown, Mysteries. Adventures in excitement and suspense, based on the best-selling novels by the slick storytelling sensation, Carter Brown. Saturday morning at a few minutes to seven was fine and clear. Swathed inside the anti-G suit, sitting in the cockpit of the F-92K, I had only one idea in mind. To call a halt to the hoodoo on Whitney Kent and the plane at one and the same time. I waved a hand to the anxious group at the rail. Chuck, Hullmeyer, Moore, Jim Berg, and Sue. Then Gene Latimer's voice crackled over the radio in my eardrums. Whitney, can you hear me? Are you getting me okay? Sure, Gene. Loud and clear. Okay. Take her up to 40,000 feet, then 20-degree turns. After that, you can go into the other tests. Okay, Gene. Here we go. The takeoff was routine. I was used to the sloppy, clumsy feel of a jet at slow speeds. You have to throw the stick around like a barge pole before you get any results. Once you get them into their own element, into the stratosphere, then, brother, just breathe on that stick and you get a response. Are you doing, Whitney? Everything okay? Smooth as silk, Gene. She lifted nice and cleanly. Altimeter's building up to 5,000. No sign of trouble? Not a speck. She's climbing like a bird. I leveled off at 30,000 with a match meter showing a steady 0.8. Nothing to get excited about. Somewhere around 370 to 380 miles per hour. I did the glides. Down to 5,000 feet, then back up to 30. After a routine of these, I did the turns. The F-92K turned nice and tightly with the aid of her flying tail. Ah, controls have kept the jet flyer's hair from turning pure white. All the while, I kept reporting back regularly to Gene, feeding him the information he wanted. Okay, Whitney. I think you can take her back up to 40,000 and give her the gun. We had permission to break the sound barrier at 40,000. Then the radio cut out. I wasn't worrying. Radios had cut out before. Everything else was still okay. The match meter registered one. The speed of sound. It wasn't the first time I'd crashed the barrier, but it felt like the first time. It always did. But everything apart from that was fine. Then I looked up and saw that the nose of the plane was under the horizon. I eased back on the stick. The horizon stayed where it was. The plane's nose didn't lift. I fed in nose trim. But it didn't make an atom of difference. The nose stayed down. And then I remembered. The memory that had been drowned in an alcoholic haze came back, sharp and clear. The trouble was the flying tail. A jam-up locking the mechanism in the full nose-down position. But this time I was sober and I knew the answer. There's a manual control so you can cut the hydraulic pressure on the stabilizer in an emergency. I flicked the switch which cut the hydraulic pressure and then I grabbed for the manual control. And nothing happened. I tried it again and again. And still nothing happened. It looked like I'd be going through that ejection routine again. 
I pulled the blind down sharply over my face. That was the momentary blackout as the seat with me in it jerked free of the plane. Then I found myself in that exciting experience called free fall, because you can't get anybody to pay for it. Below me, I knew the F-92K would be spinning down a silver streak to its doom. And in my heart was the grateful thought that this time I could be sure of my shoot. All right, gentlemen, let's take it quietly now. Whitney's back, all in one piece, for which we're all thankful. Now, maybe we can find out what the trouble was. Sure we can. Because I know exactly. You do? Well, what is it? The flying tail got jammed in the nose-down position. Reasonable, Gene? Sure. A slow leak in one of the valves would do it. But what about the manual control? What about the overriding switch to cut the hydraulics? Don't tell me you didn't think of those, Whitney. I thought of them okay, Gene. There was only one thing wrong with them. They didn't work. Didn't... But I tested them that last night around 10. They worked okay then. They must have worked today. If you wanted to sabotage a plane, Gene, a leaking valve wouldn't be hard, would it? No, it'd be darn easy. How about the manual controls? Could you cut through something to make them ineffective? If you were going to sabotage it, Gene, do you think that would be a good system? A very good and very easy system. But what about the other pilots, Whitney? Why didn't they get out like you? Because they left it a fraction too late. I was the lucky guy. I quit early. Well, I guess that gives us the answer. And I'm sure the Air Force will accept it. There's nothing wrong with the F-92K except sabotage. And sabotage in this case includes murder. Five Air Force pilots and Hank Jordan. That means the FBI and the police will have to be brought in on it. Well, I won't be sorry. They're the experts. We can leave it to them. But I wasn't satisfied to leave it to them. I had a couple of ideas of my own. The first meant getting hold of a gun. The other meant a trip to Los Angeles to the office of the Blue Circle Detective Agency. I borrowed the old man's Cadillac, and the afternoon was almost dead by the time I pulled up in L.A. outside the building. I was afraid in case I was too late, but I wasn't. The door of the outer office was open. The office itself was empty. But behind the frosted glass of the inner office door, I could see a figure. I moved in. What? Mr. Van Eck, I presume? Yeah, yeah. Who are you? Kent's the name. Whitney Kent of Kent Aircraft. Oh. Uh, what's all this, uh, Mr. Van Eck? Suitcases? Yeah, I'm packing. Going far? Well, I, I really haven't made up my mind. There are so many places. And so many airfields, too. Los Alamos, Detroit... Barksdale? You! Naughty, naughty, don't grab for your gun! Drop this like a good guy! Now. No, 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 please. Please don't hit me. I won't. I'll just see which is softer. Your head or this wall. And again? Don't! Don't! I can't stand it! How many of you were there? How many did it take to sabotage those Air Force planes? Please, I don't... How many? You and who else? That guy Slade? Yeah, only the two of us. Please don't hit me anymore. We feel so ashamed. Of what? Myself. Who gave the orders? Come on. Would you like me to do some more head bouncing? No, no, please, please. Okay. Who gave the orders? 
It was... Put him down, Buster. What? Fight somebody your own size. Slade. That's right. And this time, don't try those bullet head tactics. I can pull this trigger before you're off the floor. He, he jumped me, Slade. I never had a chance. Shut up, punk, and dry your eyes. You're grown up now. What are you, Kent? The scout? Waiting for the reserves to come up? What are you talking about? I told Stupid here we should have got going yesterday. But he figures there's plenty of time. He don't believe what he reads about the cops and the FBI sometimes being smart. So where are they? There's no one around but me and your pal, Van Eck. Have him! My turn, Slade! I'd thrown the little guy at Slade. Two bullets hit Vanek in the chest, but it gave me just enough time to pull my gun and send two slugs for Slade. I took a last look at the two bodies and left. When I got back to the beach house, I found I had a visitor. The old man. Where the heck have you been, Whitney? I've been waiting here for a half hour. Didn't you help yourself to a drink? No. I've been sitting here trying to figure out who was behind the sabotage. You, um, come up with any bright ideas? No. All I ended up with was a feeling that a nervous breakdown is creeping up on me fast. Well, I can stave it off. I found out who crocked up Air Force planes. You did? Who? The Blue Circle Detective Agency. Mrs. Vanek and Slade. Sean, that's great. I'll get the police on it right away. That won't do any good. They're both dead. What? Which leaves me with my suspicions about who was giving them orders, but no proof. Well, come on, who? Who hired the Blue Circle in the first place? Moore. Milton Moore. Only we'd have trouble pinning it onto your new co-director, wouldn't we? Yeah. And it also leaves us without an explanation of the two crashes here. See if we can figure an answer to that while I'm gone. Well, where are you going? Just to put a little emotion of mine into operation. Now, look here, Whitney. If you've got some crazy idea in your head of playing hero... I'm no hero, Chuck. Just a jet man with all tubes blazing. My idea was great, I thought. I drove Chuck's Cadillac down to the plant. The guard on the gate recognized the car and waved me in. There was a light on in Jim Berg's office and I parked outside. The security man would make a good partner in this operation, but in case he didn't approve of it entirely, I decided to uh, twist the story a little. Well, Whitney, kind of late for you to be around, isn't it? Oh, I'd be nosing around. Uh, thought I'd have a chat with you. Oh, Any time. You're a number one boy in my books. You proved the F-92 case was sabotaged. Given us the first lead we've had. We've done better than that. Yeah? Well, tell me more. Our security chief's the last guy to hear anything that goes on. I spent some time in L.A. The police were with me. They were playing along with an idea of mine. Oh, what was that? That Van Eck and Slade of the Blue Circle Agency were behind the sabotaging of the five Air Force planes. What? What happened? Everything we wanted. The cops have got both of them in custody right now. Van Eck cracked wide open, spilled the whole story, how they did it, who was paying them, everything. Well, how do you like that? Hey, Whit, uh, have you got a gun? Yeah. So have I. This one. And that's my boy, Jim. Let's go get the tough guy. I've got a better idea. What? That you sit down in that chair and put both hands flat on the table. Otherwise, Whitney, I'll blow you to kingdom come. Come.